welcome into a new episode. This is the Scarves Up Podcast. I'm your host, Nat Maymudis. Alongside, alongside, as always, is David Maymudis. David, how are you doing today? Doing well. Uh, we have so much to get into, so we're going to uh, get into all the Sounders action and we'll try and cover everything that we've missed. Um, uh, but just in case, uh, in case we don't cover everything, um, we want to remind you um, that you should uh, contact the, the show uh, at uh, scarvesuppodcast.com. You can uh, email your questions and contact the show if you want us to talk about something. You can follow the show at Scarves Up Podcast on Instagram. And then also, uh, if you want more uh, soccer action, you should listen to Football is Life. Uh, you can find it on Spotify or wherever you listen to uh, on uh, to podcasts. You can tweet at that at WECB Football. Follow that on Instagram at footballislife.wecb. Uh, and you should connect uh, with that show uh, that's breaking down all uh, everything that goes on with MOS, specifically the Sounders, Nashville, and NYCFC. We have great discussions. Um, that comes out every Friday. So uh, while we've been a little lacking on the releasing of Scarves Up, up, uh, hopefully uh, we should be uh, more consistent in the future. Um, uh, but uh, you got other ways to hear my voice and on on football's life. It's a great show, isn't it, David Mamudis? Football's life, great, great, uh, great time. Indeed. Um, uh, I'm yeah. very impressed by how knowledgeable your co-hosts are. Yes, the, uh, Ethan Ethan Cooney and Matt Powell. Um, act two two experts. Um, while uh, still uh, we have good discussions while still poking lots of fun at each other and uh, and reminding everyone that the Sounders are the only team to win the Concacaf Champions League and have two MLS Cups when uh, their teams either have one or. Uh, Zero MLS Cups, uh, respectfully. Uh, respectively. Uh, so let's get into the re- most recent game before this international break that we are currently in. Uh, the Sounders got to play the new expansion team to the league, Charlotte uh, FC. Uh, uh, and so far, they've been uh, – their, their season uh, – is going pretty well, I would say, for an expansion side. Um, uh, as as uh, currently um, in the standings, they are an eighth right below the playoff line. All their wins have come uh, at home. They are five and two at home and oh six and one uh, on uh, 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 away. Um, so definitely they have, uh, been better at home, at home. Uh, uh, but, uh, David, what did you think of, uh, 
of this game uh, against Charlotte. Uh, what were your initial thoughts getting to see this team play for the first time? Yeah, I mean, it was a, a messy game. Um, you know, obviously started out the way um, a number of Sounders games this year have been uh, with the Sounders seeming like the better team and then conceding a, a perhaps unwarranted goal and uh, going down one nothing. Um, so obviously nice to see the Sounders come back well from that situation in this case. Yeah, just like our last home game um, and our, our the last three games that have been in Seattle, if we uh, also count uh, the game against San Jose, the Sounders initially letting uh, the opponents score first, and they have been able, except for San Jose, obviously down with the penalties, um, the, they have been able to bring it back to a tie and or get uh, three points. Uh, but this is definitely not a trend that we'd, we'd like to continue where we go into halftime with the opponent leading one goal um, at Lumen Field. Um, if we could have leads going into halftime, um, that would definitely be preferred. Uh, this game was especially fun for us because uh, first time uh, both of us got to experience um, what uh, sweet life was like uh, at uh, Lumen Field um, uh, as uh, we were invited uh, to uh, stay in a suite with uh, the um, organization EarthGen, formerly Washington Green Schools. Um, and uh, it was a blast being in the suite. Do you want, uh, uh, David, do you want to uh, share with the listeners a little bit more about the organization? Yeah. Um, so EarthGen, Washington Green Schools, has worked with the Sounders for a long time. What they do as an organization is uh, environmental education, I think primarily for uh, middle school age students, mm-hmm. if I and remember younger, correctly. And younger. I, I in elementary? Um I yeah, working directly with a lot of K, K-12 schools um, about, um, yeah, building up uh, building up uh, young people to become leaders for solutions to climate change and environmental justice. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, we've been donors to EarthGen for a long time and, um, you know, have really enjoyed that they are uh, work together with the Sounders and Nathaniel and I have been excited to uh, get to come along to some of their events like this one. Yes, yeah, definitely a fun, uh, fun night. Um, uh, what did you think of uh, being in the suite in general? Um, well, it was interesting. You know, we were, we were closer to um, the end line than we normally are, you know, so seeing a very different perspective on the game with the the Sounders, you know, playing away from us in the first half and towards us, away from us in the first half and towards us in the second half. This um, is this is probably one of the few games where where our seats were were probably okay. I mean, we had great views of all the goals um, um, in this game. All goals coming at the end of the stadium that we were at, and then as you said, so we were at basically the. Uh, um, if you're watching from TV, we were at. The, we are on the near side right corner. Um, uh, so you can sort of imagine why, how 
uh, that was in a perfect uh, position for the three goals in this game. Um, uh, and uh, really for this game is the only time I would think that would really be true. I, I think I would definitely prefer to watch games uh, um, where you get to see more games, more uh, straight on um, where you're watching the field um, uh, on, on the side closer to midfield. Um, I, I am definitely not someone, I would not enjoy having season tickets at the end of the field. Um, uh, that's just me. Do you have any thoughts? Uh, did, uh, did you think about anything like that, David? Um, you know, so again, it was nice to see from a different perspective and, um, you know, being up a little higher, uh, made me miss our old 300 level seats. I totally So agree. I did like having a little bit more of a strategic view of the field. Um, also it was raining a little bit, didn't get right, nice to be out of the rain and, uh, but nice to be in the, you know, in the front row again, able to have that unobstructed view. Um, but yeah, you know, mainly, mainly nice to see the Sounders come back and get those two second half goals. Uh, part of, uh, also see, uh, of, uh, why we were in the suite for this game is, uh, Urchin's, uh, ED was, uh, doing the uh, traditional scarves up before the game. Um, normally, um, if you go to Sounders games, um, they do the lineup now right before the game starts, and then they go into scarves up. The announcer explains who's going to say scarves up. The person holds scarves up. Then we have uh, 15 seconds of people holding um, their scarves while Jimi Hendrix players. Um, and then the game starts. Um, but uh, this time you can already tell they were rushing um, to try and get scarves in uh, so they weren't delaying but the ref decided to start the game early um, any thoughts on uh, on on that on on that play I mean yeah. I never no, heard of this ref um, not I, sure I have how no idea whether that was the ref's yeah. fault or the sounder sideline staff or the fourth yeah. official or what um, you know on behalf of uh, Meredith who was uh, you know the one up there uh, doing she the scarves up, gave it I her thought she still. did a great job yeah. of of adapting to that. Um, yeah, but obviously, you know, nice to see her be part of that of that thing where so many other uh, legendary Northwest figures have uh, stood. Yeah, uh, what's the rush from the referee on this? Um, I think the referee could tell that the uh, announcer was not that the announcer was still talking um what's like this is not decision day there's no rush to start the game simultaneously with other teams so why are you starting the game so fast you clearly, know they want to get on with it they clearly, you know, don't want to delay things necessary they've never been at lumen field before so i guess didn't know the drill um hopefully that doesn't happen again because uh that did definitely feel uh sloppy um uh and uh and I, it, it felt like uh, some of that also could have been aimed. It looked like the starting lineup graphics were struggling a little at this game against Charlotte. Um, but uh, uh, nevertheless, um, hopefully next week we will get to hear Jimi Hendrix as we see the rest of the crowd hold up their scarves. Uh, final final uh, note uh, from the... Uh, from the suite is uh, Brad Evans stopped by. I had got a had a little conversation with him. We talked. Uh, uh, we talked 
um, about VAR coming into the league and some uh, some memories. Um, uh, we talked about the Olympia game from 2015, uh, where he scored uh, a last a late uh, a late game penalty to give us the win after Olympia had been just causing uh, complete havoc. Um, the entire game and definitely frustrating the Sounders. Um, um, had a laugh about that. That was fun. Good to see Brad. Uh, and it, um, uh, so let's get into the first big uh, uh, controversial play in this game. Brad Evans thought it was a penalty. Uh, referee uh, didn't even go to VAR. The VAR didn't even check this play. Um, uh, or they did, and they just said, and didn't even uh, have the referee look. Um, what are your thoughts? Jordan Morris gets dragged to the depth, um, gets uh, stepped on, um, takes a couple steps, and then and then goes down as the ball is already out of bounds at this point. What were your thoughts on that play? Right. I mean, I think you know it, he did go down in kind of a strange way. I think what happened effectively yeah. was. He got stepped on when he was really sort of taking his backswing for what was either going to be a right-footed pass or shot, um, and that was really why he didn't make contact with the ball because because he had been stepped on. Um, but you know, it's always hard to tell in those things who's you know who initiates the contact when the player is effectively swinging their foot back. Um, you know, I can see. I can see why the referees and the VAR didn't consider it clear and obvious, um, but you know I think it 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 obviously very much did affect what he did there with the play. Um, you know the fact also yeah. that it wasn't really clear whether he was trying to shoot or pass. I think worked against him. You know that it wasn't obvious what he meant to do, and so the fact that he couldn't do it was harder to discern. Um, you know, anyway, just glad that it did not turn out to be the deciding factor, uh, in who got the points at the end. So there definitely is contact on this play. Um, like the, he definitely, the Charlotte player definitely, um, steps on the back of Morris's heel, uh, at one point. Um, uh, but you, you have to really be paying attention to notice this and you probably won't. And you probably you have, to, have to watch this play like three times. Um, cause it happens just so fast. Um, so, uh, especially because Morris then fell in the way that he did and he like kept going, um, definitely something that's going to be really hard for the referee to see in real time. Um, I think if he had called this, um, it probably would have stood. Um, but, uh, again, this isn't a big call. This isn't, uh, such, it isn't so clearly a penalty that, um, uh, that I think, um, uh, he was wrong to, uh, that I think he was wrong to not give it uh, and or not take a look at it. Um, I definitely want the referees to go look at the the screen more. They shouldn't. If if, if there's a play, the VAR should uh, it should they shouldn't rely on the VAR um, to decide if it's clear and obvious. Um, I I'd sort of prefer that the referee. 
goes and looks at it more more than just the the VAR. But uh, again, um, I'm sorry, Brad Evans. At the time, I thought it was I thought it was a a penalty. Looking back, I'm not surprised that they didn't review this because it is still it happened so fast, and I'm pretty sure it's all accidental. Um, um, plays like these are tough though, because. Um, I think it is more likely for this to be called a foul if it's um, anywhere else on the field. Um, but uh, do you have any do you have any thoughts about about that? Like, do you think? Yeah, I mean, like that's one of the the phrases that uh, that's one thing um, that really shouldn't matter um, for determining penalties. If like Sometimes people will will say that there'll be a foul that doesn't look very harsh. Um, that doesn't look harsh enough to be a penalty. But then, um, but if it was anywhere else in the field, they would call it a foul and just give a free kick. Um, do you have any Do you have any problems when people say say that? Like, um, if it was anywhere else on the field. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, obviously as a referee, you you don't want to put yourself into the play that much. So, um, you know, I think if a forward makes the same makes the same play against a defender in front of his own goal, the call will go against the forward. Um, you know, yeah. but you know, should that be true? I don't know. Is it true? Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry, Brad. I don't know if you've changed your mind, but uh, I have. I uh, I don't think it's a penalty. Um, great talking to you, nonetheless. Um, okay, um, and uh, moving on to the second half of this game against Charlotte. Um, Sounders were uh, Sounders make one change um, uh, pretty soon after halftime. Um, Obed Vargas. Uh, goes off after he plays very, very well. Again, um, Freddie Montero comes on. Um, and then right before the Sounders, um, uh, Sounders were about to put on, make two changes and bring on uh, Madronda and uh, Chu. Um, they say, uh, then the Sounders get back into it with a Jordan Morris um, uh, goal. Alex Rodon with the assist. Uh, what are your thoughts um, on on that first goal that the Sounders scored? You know, the Sounders had been working hard, you know, finally getting a good cross in. Uh, Morris, who'd been frustrated, you know, multiple times before, uh, you know, just finishes it well and, and shows his quality there. Uh, now, this was uh, Devaney. Uh, Morris really had like two chances in this game. Um, and he finished uh, the harder one of the two. Um, uh, thoughts on Morris's miss in the first half? Um, I mean, he actually had a third chance also. Yeah. Um, you know, he had a header that was just over the bar. Um, then he had a pretty open shot right in front of goal that he that, just that, that is you know, put a little wide. Um, you know, so I think what Morris has said is he feels like he's still – you know, building up to sharpness, you know, he's, he's getting to the right places, making those runs, but um, you know, he's also being fouled on pretty much every attempt he gets. So, you know, 
being able to get the exact placement while running at full speed while being pushed is hard. And, um, you know, I think he's getting closer and closer to that. And hopefully as the year continues, we'll see him, you know, finishing all of these chances for both the Sounders and the U.S. men's national team. Morris was one of uh, Morris was one of the uh, three U.S. men's national team players who didn't dress against um, the the Morocco team, so he was not available um, on uh, off the bench. Do you have any thoughts about that? Uh, does that worry? Yeah, you? I mean, I think it's just squad rotation. You know, obviously he just you know just played a a big competitive game um, on the weekend, and they've got three more. Uh, games during the international break to come. So I think he'll get plenty of chances. Do you think uh, you, you don't think this means anything? Um, do you think that both Rodon and Morris will be going to the world cup or do you think only one of them will get the, will get the call up? Um, I mean, I think, you know, the, the, the sort of obvious thing to predict is that they'll make the roster and then, you know, play limited minutes. Um, but obviously many things can can change between now and then. And I think it's hard to, um, you know, it's hard to, to, to tell from a friendly four months before the World Cup what the situation is in the World Cup, you know, because the, the, the team leadership obviously has multiple things that they're trying to figure out, um, you know, trying to figure out, finalize their roster, and then also trying to get the team, you know, set up well to play together when it counts. Well, I think uh, at least for Morris's uh, for Morris's sake, um, I will say um, I I'm hoping that uh, Morris uh, gets a shot. I mean, yes, Morris doesn't play the he doesn't really play the number nine role with us anymore, but uh, he has in the past. Um, the number nine role for the U.S. men's national team is still very much up for grabs. Um, Ferreira did not score today um, after getting the the start um, uh, against Morocco. Um, so definitely that that position could be up for grabs for Morris. Um, um, I would like to see him getting a few more chances um, to prove himself um, because I, I do think he deserves to go to the World Cup, and I also think Rodon deserves to go to the World Cup. Um, well, I, uh, to, anyway, um, moving back to, um, we didn't talk about uh, uh, Charlotte's goal. Charlotte um, had, uh, Charlotte scoring um, off a free kick. Uh, uh, the ball comes, uh, the, a shot goes off the post, comes off the post, hits Fry in the leg, um, and then falls right to Ben Bender. Um, who scored his second goal for Charlotte. Uh, really, really nice strike um, by the free kick. Um, uh, I, the little bit, um, uh, the, the free kick was a bad, uh, bad foul committed by Rusnak. Um, so uh, unfortunate on the play there, uh, but it, it is a free kick and it's, a, it's wonderfully hit. What are your thoughts on, on this play? Um, where Charlotte got their first goal. Yeah, I mean, again, just, uh, you know, unlucky bounces um, for the Sounders. You know, also, if I remember correctly, kind of a questionable foul call 
Um, I guess no. You uh, know, no, Ruznak it was a foul. Did, it was a Ruznak foul. Ruznak did step in yeah. there. I guess kind of a questionable decision by Ruznak maybe to, to yeah. draw that foul. Yeah. Um, no, but then, you know, a well-struck well ball and then sort of two unlucky bounces on the Sounders, you know, first first off the post and then off Fry's foot um, that just happened to fall right into Bender's lap. So, yeah, you know, not much you can do about it. But again, one of these goals that, you know, where the Sounders didn't really seem, didn't really seem deserving to be down. Um, but ended up that way. Yeah, the commentators didn't mention at all the huge deflection it comes off um, that uh, that uh, the ball came off of Fry. And basically, if it doesn't hit Fry's leg, which is just in like a natural position, unfortunately, like if his leg is more in line with his body, then the ball probably falls to a sounder who could clear it. Um, or falls to it uh, in the direction it's going before it hits Fry. There are no Charlotte players there. It takes the lucky bounce and falls straight to Ben Bender, who's doing a, a who is in the right position um, and doing what good um, players do, um, following the ball through the entire play. Um, Fry, yeah, Fry definitely getting unlucky on that play um, twice. Um, but again, take nothing away from the the initial shot. It very much could have gone straight in um, and and not hit the post. Uh, Fry um, definitely uh, made one big save in this game. Any thoughts on, on that play um, where Ben Bender, again, shot from distance um, and Fry fully outstressed? Um, but uh, yeah, you know, just the kind of great of save we're used to used to fry making to uh, keep the Sounders in a lot of games. Yep. Uh, and uh, second, um, uh, the second goal of the game comes from Raul Roy Diaz. It is currently leading um, the MOS goal of the week race. Um, not sure if that's justified um, when you look at the goals by Lewis Morgan and. Uh, Lucinas, uh, uh, um, from the New York Red Bulls, both goals they both goals that the Red Bulls scored um, uh, against Chicago are absolute. Oh no, not against uh, Chicago. I think against DC are absolute screamers and golazos. Um, uh, but uh, how about this goal from Raul Roy Diaz? Yeah, you know, the Sounders take a short corner. Uh, Rui Diaz is just kind of standing there at the corner of the box, uh, basically unmarked, um, gets a good shot off the first that's blocked, but then collects his own rebound, kind of wanders around in a circle and lulls Charlotte to sleep and then just puts it right in the upper corner. Charlotte and player, the could do nothing. Charlotte player uh, almost gets a foot on it, um, uh, as because uh, the goal because this goal started via free kick um, right outside of the 18 about 10 yards off uh, closer than a corner um, and then we've seen this time and time again on corners um, that uh, Raul Roy Diaz will stand uh, uh, closer to the uh, will stand at the far corner of the box completely unmarked and he scored multiple times everyone knows that this guy can shoot everyone knows that he can score goals why does no one cover him 
Because to cover him, you'd need to send two people, and then you'd be exposing to the tall people in the box. So it's hard. There's no no good answer. Absolutely. It, it, and this goal, like, while, while I would say the two New York Red Bull goals are better than this, this goal is still insane. Like, it, that just tells you how good the Red Bulls goals are. This goal um, is incredible. Um, and I think um, uh, I will say while the other goals are cooler, um, I think there's more skill involved with this play because um, he's going away from goal and he then he turns um, while he's shooting, um, just knows where the goal is and uh, keeper no chance through a lot of bodies. Um, Ryra Diaz does it again. Um, we love to see it. Um, and Sounders beat uh, the new team 2-1. Uh, uh, after the match, news coming. Uh, the the news uh, dropped uh, yesterday that uh, Charlotte's coach has been fired. Um, third MLS coach to be fired this year um, after DC and San Jose both fired their coaches earlier. Um, any thoughts on on this decision by Charlotte? Um, uh, the owner saying um, it had to be done. Um, rumor that there is a, D- uh, a DP who said he wouldn't play for Charlotte if the their existing coach was still there. Um, do, you have, do you have any thoughts on on Charlotte firing their coach? I mean, first season they're right, they're one spot out of a playoff position, and they get fired, and the coach is already fired. Yeah, I mean, obviously, don't really know enough about the dynamics at the team. You know, they've been, you know, doing, you know, well by some standards, but, you know, not as well as the Sounders or Atlanta did. Um, So expectations are high for a new team in MLS these days. Um, Yeah, again, no idea, you know, to what extent the the coach was really to blame for anything. Um, But obviously, it's a tough job to keep. Devaney, a huge, huge win for the Sounders. The Sounders starting off their five-game homestand in style with a 2-1 victory and getting three points as we try to move up the table and take advantage of our games in hand. Um, So now we're going to go back to the first uh, game um, that happened uh, since the last time we podcast. It was another home game. It was against Minnesota. Uh, in the rain, got we got completely soaked uh, for this game. Um, Minnesota um, would take the lead in the first half. Um, uh, uh, Robin Ludd um, would score. Um, he had a chance before the uh, before the his his goal um, where he put just wide. So really. They should have been winning 2-0 um, when they scored a goal uh, that did count. Um, however, the the goal probably shouldn't have counted for because it was offsides. Uh, thoughts on 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 that uh, on Minnesota's goal? Um, it really really looks like the Minnesota player is leaning offsides on this play. Were you surprised it wasn't called? Um, I mean, again, you know, on the field, very hard to tell. Um, a little surprised VAR didn't take a closer look at it. Um, you know, again, just glad that the Sounders um, made sure that this wasn't going to be the 
you know, the margin of the margin of difference. Yeah, the sounders complete uh, recently just an, um, not big fans of VAR. Nothing seems to be going our way in that department. Um, then the sounders uh, get a penalty in the second half. Um, no VAR is needed. Joe Dickerson um, gives the sounders the penalty on first glance. Christian Rodon gets sandwiched by two players. Any any uh, disagreements on that penalty? Um, no. You know, looked like he is a, a deserved penalty. Um, you know, obviously Christian making mm-hmm. the good run towards into the goal, putting the defenders in a tough spot. Uh, uh, Dane St. Clair, the Minnesota keeper, um, before this penalty, he had uh, it was the fifth penalty he had ever faced. Um, the four previous ones, some, uh, one was missed and he had saved three. So, um, uh, Ray Roy Diaz, um, uh, stepped up, um, and, uh, oh, this was, uh, this was right. Yeah, this was Ray Diaz, um, Roy Diaz. Um, he scored, um, to make it, uh, one, one, um, Dane St. Clair got a Got a hand on it. He's a, but uh, just in general, Dane St. Clair from Minnesota played very, very well. I would say he's an underrated keeper in MOS. Uh, uh, he took, he took the starting position from Tyler Miller. Um, Tyler Miller had food poisoning um, and he has delivered. Um, any thoughts on, on Dane St. Clair in the, in this game? No, you know, I'm glad I didn't know his history at the time the penalty was being taken, or I would have been more worried than I was. Um, he you know, almost very, saved it. He came. He, he very did come close. close to it. Yep. Um, definitely a um, uh, uh, little suspicious um, how Tyler um, how uh, Tyler Miller got food poisoning. Not sure if he was over at Dane St. Clair's house. Uh, before uh, for the game before a game um when that happened uh, a while back ago but uh um we we can only we can only speculate on 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 that um then uh sounders would take the lead against minnesota versus uh by a huge um, a huge goal, an insane goal by Christian Rodon, who sort of like the Roy Diaz one um, uh, starts with the ball, um, starts facing away from goal and uh, turns. But this one is a whole lot farther out than the Roy Diaz goal. Um, it won goal of the week um, for uh, this week. What a goal by Christian Rodon. Thoughts on that uh, on that goal by Christian Rodon from distance. Yeah, you know, just a, a, a very well-struck goal finds its way into the corner of the net. Um, definitely something we've uh, become accustomed to with uh, seeing uh, Christian Rodon score against Minnesota. It seems like we – we always see him and Jao Paulo score against Minnesota. Um, he just loves to score against the Loons. Um, uh, Devin, he had a, a little weird. Um, 
but that's consistent. Um, Sounders definitely keeping their dominance against Minnesota, um, as Minnesota has only beat us once, um, and we've tied them once. But uh, besides that, the the um, history has been all Sounders. Um, definitely Minnesota, I'm going to guess, are not fans of coming to Lumen Field. Uh, doesn't usually end well. Um, and then late in the game, uh, you can see uh, me on the broadcast for this Minnesota game. You can see me point pretty clearly as Christian Rodon is, uh, has the ball out wide. I'm pointing down to the corner. Um, Christian Rodon ignores uh, my suggestion, crosses the ball in, and Ladero scores to make it 3-1. Thoughts on uh, the goal by Ladero as the captain gets on the score sheet. Yep. So, you know, you as the coach may have been correct that taking it to the corner flag might have been the best way to run out the last few minutes. But instead, they choose to go for the insurance goal, uh, get the good cross and the good finish. So on a wet and uh, a wet and rainy game uh, day uh, in Seattle, the Sounders get three points um, to start off um, a busy week. Uh, which uh, would then continue with uh, the game in Houston um, on uh, the following Wednesday. Uh, what were your thoughts um, uh, on this game, uh, on the game in Houston? Um, wow, we did have a game just three days before. Only one change. Um, all of the starters, as Brian Smetzer said, they all deserved – to start i mean now we have just the league to focus on and we gotta make up points um the only player who didn't start uh who didn't start uh um in the uh game uh in the who who started in the minnesota game who didn't start in houston was obed vargas because he got a uh, a yellow card in the Minnesota game, so he was suspended on yellow card accumulation. So Kellen Rowe came in for him. Um, what were your thoughts uh, on this game against Houston? Yeah, I mean the Sounders obviously playing on short rest, and you know we know you know how much energy went into the CCL, but the Sounders have had more games on short rest already this year than I think they did all all season last game last year um so um mm-hmm. yeah you know i think uh trying to remember what it, what it, what happened in this game so um, the so the one goal comes off uh which would also win goal of the week because uh of uh the four games that we're talking about this week um Three of the games had a goal had a goal of the week winner. Um, was this, this the one that came on sort of a twenty pass build up event? Yeah, it was. It was twenty two passes, and then Raúl Ra- Diaz uh, finished it, um, and that and Raúl Ra- Diaz won goal of the week um, uh, uh, two weeks ago as he looks to um, just like he uh, he looks to win this week. Um, um, and uh, not much. Um, and the Sounders had about yeah. a third of the game playing a man up where, you know, we seemed like they might have a good chance to to get an insurance goal, but weren't able to. Uh, thoughts on thoughts on the red, two red card decisions. Um, uh, Alex Rodon uh, 
got a red card in this game. And then also um, Karas Quilla got got a red card. Um, Both both, uh, correct by the referee. Um, Yeah, you know, both cases where the two players involved, you know, should have been a little more cautious after getting the first yellow card. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's... Uh, Sounders have had remarkably few cards this year, really. Yeah. Um, was this actually their first red card of the season? Yes. And actually, it's been the first red card. Um, uh, the Sounders just haven't had a red card. Uh, it, it's gonna, it's gotta go back to pretty. Um, it's definitely really far back. The Sounders. Um, recently, have not been getting many red cards. Um, it's not as not as common as the days when we had both Alonzo and Clint Dempsey on the team, um, uh, which is a good, we, we don't want to see our players getting sent off. Um, the other player who seems like he, he really goes in the book consistently these days is, is the teenager and Albert Vargas, who is already um, because he picked up a yellow card against, um, against Colorado um he is already yeah he's already one game away from suspension um or uh yeah since he got that in colorado and then um yeah he didn't get the uh and i guess that might be one of the reasons we also saw him come off um a little bit early in the he came off in the 62nd minute in the game against uh charlotte um, um, and that could be, uh, partly because they don't want him to get suspended again. Um, because he, because he just would need one more, uh, but, uh, in the game, uh, in, in general, um, not the most entertaining game against Houston. Um, I would again, say glad is, we got you know, the when, win. You, when you go in a tough road game, it's not your job to be entertaining. It's the home mm-hmm home team's job to entertain their fans. So the Sounders did what they had to do to uh, win the game and see it out, especially after they went down to 10 men each. Uh, do you have any feelings about Houston? Do you see um, I've both, I, I would say Houston is one of those teams sort of like Colorado and RSO. That's a little but overlooked in the league. Like I don't think many people. It's because of their say- subtle uniforms. It's hard to see them. I wouldn't say that most people really have a problem with them um, or I feel like they're overlooked because they don't have um, like a flashy DP um, on their teams, but they are in seventh place right now. Um, They're not, they're not doing horribly. Um, Do do you, uh, do you see them being a playoff team um, come, come come October? you know, I assume they'll be somewhere around the middle of the table. Um, and, you know, we still won't be thinking about them that much. Yeah, uh, I agree. I mean, um, yes, they're in seventh right now. But uh, when you look at how strong the West is, um, I think, uh, and and who's below? I mean, Minnesota, us, Portland, um, and... Shocking. Yeah, a lot of teams that still Kansas City. Them. Like, there's so many teams that you just expect to be in the playoffs, and the teams that are currently in the playoff spot, uh, spots in the West don't seem to be slowing down. So, 
good teams. It, it, it just uh, shows again how much um, better the quality of soccer is in the West than there is in the Eastern Conference these days. Um, there are going to be good teams that don't make the Western Conference uh, playoffs um, uh, this year. Uh, but uh, Sounders getting the win, um, huge three points in Houston. And then we would go to Colorado. And again, not many changes uh, from the Sounders. Um, no Ladero um, uh, for this game because his wife uh, was giving birth to his third child. Congratulations to Nico. Um, and his family. Um, so he was in Seattle for this game. So with that, Kellen Rowe started again, um, and Jackson Reagan came in. So we played three center backs um, in this game, and uh, Vargas um, also comes in um, because Alex Rodon is out with the red card. Um, so still a very, very strong lineup. Um, I've said it many times about Colorado. I feel like is they're, they're always made up of, of, uh, other teams rejects. It feels like, um, like, and, um, they're players who other teams have decided to move on from. Um, and, and some examples of that is we got, they got Keegan Rosenberry. They got, um, Mark Anthony K. They got Stephen Betashore. They got Kenan Acosta. They got uh, uh, Diego Rubio. They got um, uh, they got Barrios. They got Zardes. Um, I mean, Zardes is bad, but I mean, I, I guess you could say he fits that mold. Um, definitely a team that's overlooked. They play in the. They um, have the greatest home field advantage i would say in the entire league um what are your thoughts about this game against colorado yeah you know just i guess you blame it on do you blame it on the altitude the sounders seem to have some trouble reading you know reading long crosses getting you know sort of getting their heads in the wrong spot by six inches trying to get on the end of something yeah i will, um, say, I will say i think it was very noticeable in this game like um, yeah, we are usually very strong on, on corner kicks, um, or on, on set pieces in general. And just uh, every ball that came in missed, missed the target, um, which was very frustrating. Um, and it, and I'm, I definitely think, um, that is, um, because of how the ball travels, um, in the air when you play at altitude. Um, now in saying that we've played it we've played in Colorado so many times. Um, right. It's so hard to know, like, you know, yeah. can you blame the, can you blame the altitude? Can you blame, you know, the third game in eight days? Can you blame, you know, still being drunk after winning the CCL? Um, you know, hard to know. Like, I like, um, if you look at the overall stats of this game, um, I think it's hard to say that we deserve to win this game. However, we deserved at least a point from this game. And that's because we should have had a penalty. Like, um, um, I would say the clearest penalty um, that the Sounders um, should have got uh, was this one. Um, uh, and um, 
the uh, I mean, like I would say this is even more of a penalty than the penalty against Minnesota. Like, I think the Minnesota one where like, yeah, it's a penalty because Christian Rodon got, got uh, right. I mean, uh, I, think the, the, I think this is just so clearly a penalty. And I the think fact there are a couple that, of things that make yeah. it hard to, to call, you know, one is it's unclear what he's going to do next. And, you know, his foot was kind of near the line, you know, so when he gets kicked on his trailing foot, it's hard to know what it stopped him from doing. And it's hard to be sure that, you know, that it was within the box. And so the, the advantage that Christian is, has in that penalty that got called with him is it's a hundred percent clear where he's going. He's driving right at goal. And so when he gets pushed off of that course, it's easier to call a penalty than, you know, when Raul is, is twisting and turning near goal. Okay. As, know, much as, as much as I agree with you that the referee should take um, into consideration, like um, if they're catching up to the ball, um, I would say um, for more consistency sake, if we're going to call penalties when a player gets taken bow- down in the box, um, when they have ran in diagonally and then the ball goes over the touchline um, um, after they were taken down and they have no way of basically catching up. So many times that's given as a penalty. So I think it's hard to make the argument about where he's going because he clearly gets kicked by Betisure and his right foot, his right foot is the one who gets kicked. His when you see the the angle um, from uh, the um, that of the camera that's shooting um, straight uh, st- straight towards the goal. If you um, look at it um, with the goal. Um, uh, if you look at it like coming from the Sounders half, that is the shot that I think clearly shows that this is in the box. His left foot, his left foot is outside of the box. His right foot is definitely in the box. Or if and if it's not definitely in the box, it's definitely on the line. And if any part of your body is touching the line, is touching the line, then it is a penalty. So the fact that the referee looks at that angle and says that it is not in the box is absolutely insane. Now, this referee, um, uh, this referee, uh, Tim Ford, um, is not my favorite referee. Um, Looking back, at a game a couple uh, during uh, 2020, um, he gave out a red card um, to Yamar, um, which uh, it was a he called a penalty and a red card um, in the game, and he goes to VAR. Uh, yeah, or yeah, he goes to VAR and takes away the penalty, but I think he kept the red card, which makes no sense. Um, and then the card got rescinded um, um, because it was outside. It, they determined that it was outside the box, but still um, it got rescinded because it was a terrible call. So Devaney, Tim Ford, not impressed with your refereeing um, at all. Um, that, 
to me are, to me it's definitely a penalty kick. Um, my eyes are not good. And if I can clearly see that it's in the box, the fact that that's the excuse is the thing that bugs me because it's clearly in the box. You can say, oh, Rodriguez exaggerated the fall or, oh, Betashore didn't mean to kick him. But there's, but it's definitely in the box. And right. anything now, else you want to add on this play? It's hard to know, you know, what, what uh, camera angles the referees had available. They have all you the know. angles. They have all the angles that the TV has available. If the TV, if t- the TV is showing, um, is showing uh, us, up, uh, is showing us a play, then they have access to it. And I guess not. One and of they your, have one more, of your favorite. They have more than one than of your that. favorite things to say is, you know, was it a clear and obvious error? So the question is, if on one of eight camera angles you can basically see that, yep, he must have been in the box because of the angle of his leg. Is that clear and obvious, or is this a case where, you know, they have to think a little too hard to change the call on the field, so you they can... shouldn't be doing that? Now, you could say they were the worst of both worlds, that they took two minutes to look at it, and then said it wasn't clear and obvious, you know. And that's what, to... that's, that's what I've said this lots of times. If, if it takes four minutes to look at a play, then clearly it's not clear and obvious to you. Okay. So, so if they, so, if they hadn't so I agree the penalty, with them. but they'd so only th- taken th- 10 seconds to do it, then you might've been okay. Yeah. 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 Because I mean, like in this case, it's judgment call. It's the fact that afterwards he says it's not in the box when there is an angle that shows he is clearly in the box. Like the foul is a different thing. And the fact that he took so long it would have been a little messed up. And I felt like Colorado definitely would feel very frustrated um, if, if, um, if they called um, a penalty after he looked at it for four minutes, because VAR should not be taking that long. I've been saying that VAR decisions should be made with like a 20 second timer. If they can't come to a decision within 20 seconds of the ref actually standing at the monitor, then they shouldn't change the call. Um, uh, I'm, I think, um, yeah, again, uh, I was, uh, I was seeing after on Twitter a little bit uh, after this, um, that, uh, that the referees, that some people are feeling like it feels like the referees don't want to change don't want to change the calls because then it makes them look bad. So um, some people were saying like, um, it's sort of like a sense of like pride. They don't want to give up the, their pride and admit that they made, they don't want to admit that they made a mistake. Well, as a referee, if I was refing in a game with VAR, um, if I, if, if I made a mistake, or if I if I have any doubt, this is another reason I think that referees should go and look at more plays. Um, uh, like the the VAR should the the referee should have the final say. Like it shouldn't be up to um, the 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 VAR because especially now when VAR calls are all in Atlanta, um, the referee is the person who knows the temperature of the game. Um, which I think is very important. But do you think that, do you have any thoughts on like, do you think it's worries? Do you worry about the referees not wanting to change calls because they don't admit that they're making it, that they made a mistake? 
Um, I think referees want to get to the right call. You know, I think it, it's the question again: is it a is it a clear and obvious mistake? You know, they didn't see they didn't see contact with a hand that it did, or is it a judgment call? You know that they that they want to stick with their first judgment. I think um, uh, for me as a referee, again, I mean, if uh, referees don't want to be yelled at for making um, for making the incorrect call, so at the end of the day, while it might be tough, well, like we're human, we have to admit if we got it wrong, and we have to do would we um we have to do what we think so i mean this does go back to tim ford he saw he didn't think it was a foul um he didn't think it was a foul so he didn't call it a penalty he thought it was outside of the box um and uh so good for him to sticking with it but i i don't think people have to be worried about the referees not wanting to change their minds because they don't want to admit they're wrong because I think referees are going to definitely be happier if they know that in the end they made the correct call. Um, I have one other question that I want to ask you about uh, VAR um, and it's something about um, about one about something that they won't review um, on corner and it it's about corner kicks and free kicks um, or throw-ins. Um, uh, if, uh, if a goal is scored right at, if there is a problem with a free kick or corner kick or throw-in, um, throw-in and, then it, and then a goal is scored, uh, they can't review, they can't review the call like they can't review Sorry, the call that led to like you're saying who the ball like, was out in, out on like, that led to a throw in or no if like say if the ball put on a throw in so yeah it'd be like it'd be like if a player lifts his, lifts their foot or if the ball is moving on a free kick so why wouldn't that be reviewable i thought any possible foul up in that same passage of play was considered reviewable because it is considered not part of that like the first touch of a free kick is not of if is not considered is not considered part of the play this is the same thing on corner kicks now i would say now i would say if a player if the if say if the if the free kick ball is moving if the ball is still moving and then a play on on a free kick um and that goal gets scored if the referee doesn't see it then they can't review that. Like it's just it's not one of their four things. It doesn't even it doesn't fall into being involved with the goal, which I think is ridiculous. I think that would would you agree with it? Like if a player lifts their foot up on a throw in and then immediately a player a player then shoots and scores, then I would say that is definitely involved with the play. If the ball is moving on a free kick, it is involved. It 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 is part of the goal of, uh, of the right. goal it, score. I, that, I, I'm surprised that that rule exists. I was not aware of it. I would have thought that anything, you know, anything sort of. Did they, did they talk about this the on instant, the free kick. They talk yeah. about this on instant replay a bunch of times. And, and 
And they won't talk about how the rule is a little strange like this, but they talk about that it can't be reviewed. So they just say the referee did it right because it can't be reviewed. Okay. So it doesn't sit, that doesn't sit right with me. It feels like it's part of the play and it, um, like, it definitely feels like something that, like, for, for some cases, like, if the ball is still moving on a free kick, if the ball is moving on a free kick, the, the goal should not count. The ball has to be uh, stationary. Um, and, usually, and usually refs are very good at stopping this. Uh, uh, but uh, that's definitely something that I think uh, VAR could also look at. It's amazing, um, again, that when VAR was first being introduced, um, everyone was thinking um, this was going to lead to to no more um, discussions about fouls. But in the end, we are still talking about plays. Do you have any Do you have any thoughts on that? On just like um, or, or just like in general, like it's kind it's surprising um, that um, it, it, it's uh, it's surprising um, that we still talk about. VAR this much. Have- yeah, you know, I mean again, will they'll they'll always be controversy. You just you can move it around a little bit, but it's um you know, there are going to be judgment calls involved and this just this just changes them a little bit. Does it feel like we've had um the does it feel like we've had VAR for um longer or a shorter amount of time um, than we have. MOS um, added VAR mid-season in 2017. So this is now the... And uh, reminded me, how did that compare to when the Premier League added it? Did they have it for a few more years? The Premier League only added it in uh, 2019. At the yeah, so because um, the Premier League was like the last league to add it, because um, uh, uh, MOS was again v- very much um, uh, a trendsetter um, uh, for uh, for uh, for VAR. Um, uh, they, they, they were the guinea pigs. Uh, yeah, and, so I'm surprised and, to hear that MLS has had it that long. It doesn't. It doesn't feel like it's been around that long. Do you think it's strange that um, they don't have goal line technology? I mean, the Premier League has had goal line technology since um, like 2012, um, uh, or maybe 2013, um, and still there are some times in MLS where a ball where. I mean, we have with VAR, like if a goal goes in, like very rarely um, does uh, do they not signal a goal if it did cross the line entirely. But right. I, I mean, have I've seen... never really understood how that goal line technology is supposed to work, you know, given that soccer balls are round, you well, know, literally line... how do the centers work? But I mean, it seems that goal line technology seems to make much clearer calls than the VAR does sometimes. Cause sometimes like um, it's about zooming in uh, like, right. Like for, um, with whatever cameras that uh, are meant just for TV to see is what the VAR is looking at. But for 
uh, go like technology, like it's all about um, the watch that the referee is wearing, where if it says go, um, um, it's just quick. And honestly, that would just save time for, for MOS. Like it would just mean that we wouldn't have super long checks to see if the ball did cross the line um, because um, it's like instantaneous in, um, in the premier league. Um, It definitely feels so I definitely feels like something that could be um, that I, I, it's strange. MOS doesn't have um, uh, wizard. In the in the U.S. Open Cup recently, the U.S. Open Cup does not have VAR. There's been a lot of of controversial calls um, because obviously, um, mostly with offsides, because the referees are all doing it with their um, uh, with the naked eye. Which is, it's it's funny how many errors it feels like are popping up, um, even though like obviously it used to be more common without VAR. Um, but in the later stages of the U.S. Open Cup, when all the teams are pretty much um, are pretty much um, MOS teams, do you think that they should add VAR for the later stages of the game, or at least at least the final? Should U.S. Soccer add uh, VAR? Because at the end of the day, everyone wants the team that deserves to win to win the game. Right. I mean, I think it's hard when. Um you want to make a set of rules that apply to all of the competitors. And you know that some of the clubs who could be in the final, even though they probably won't be, wouldn't be able to support it. But um, it does seem like if, you know, if both teams are, um, you know, if the field isn't as capable of supporting it, then it seems like it makes sense to provide it. Yeah. Like um, when Atlanta and Nashville are playing, are playing at Nashville's home stadium. And we know that the stadium has the facilities um, to have the AR, there is no reason why they should not have, why they should not be making one of the most obvious calls in of, of offsides, pretty much the entire, um, uh, uh, the, in, um, the entire, there's like three Atlanta players who are keeping Nashville um, on sides. Um, uh, on the play, um, which was, which, and Nashville did move on. So it didn't end up mattering um, that they called the goal back, but terrible, terrible call. Um, definitely feels like quarterfinals on um, at the stage that we are now um, is where they should be adding um, VAR in the U S open cup, um, U S soccer. Come on, spend open, uh, open up the pocketbook, um, open the purse strings. Let's get VAR. Um, so we get a legitimate winner um, in the U.S. Open Cup. We still got two two lower divisions left: Sacramento um, Republic and Union Omaha are still in. Do um, you think either of them has a shot? Um, Union Omaha is going to be playing um, SKC um, in their next game. Sacramento is going to play. The galaxy. Um, any thoughts? Uh, do you, do you, uh, you give either of them any chance? Sacramento um, is in uh, league uh, is in the championship, USL championship, and Union Omaha is in League One. You know, so there's always third a division, chance. Third division left. It's always hard to predict the results when these teams from different leagues 
play against each other, but just like, you know, Real Madrid has some chance when they come up against the Sounders, um, you know, it's hard to know, you know, what will happen when these two teams come there. I think one question is, you know, the the MLS team, you know, are they sending their fully strongest lineup or, you know, do they have reasons to be doing rotation? How committed are they to winning the Open Cup? Um, so, you know, anyway, there'll be interesting games to watch. I think, you know, I'll be rooting for the underdog in both of those games. Me so too. we'll see what Me happens. Too. Yeah, um, it's always surprising when some of the uh, MLS teams that, like uh, Cincy or Miami or DC, teams that if who are probably not going to win the MLS cup, um, you win six games, you win six games in a row in the U S open cup, you play your starters, you win a trophy, you win a trophy and you get a berth in the champions league. So, I mean, like how hard could it be? It's surprising that people, that more teams don't go for it. Yep. Um, uh, especially those teams again, like DC who have, nothing to play for already pretty much um i don't i i will be shocked if they make the playoffs this year um uh we were talking about on football's life the other day uh it's possible that we could see the new york city um versus nashville semifinal um on one side and then union omaha um sacramento republic the others um the other semifinal, Matt was saying that um, that might mean that the uh, MOS game is the quote unquote final of the of the U.S. Open Cup game, but uh, definitely would be interesting for uh, to have uh, some host drama um, uh, again. Um, uh, definitely could be interesting. Do you? Uh, but uh, again, we're rooting for Union Omaha and Sacramento Republic to keep pushing through. I believe in you guys, um, especially especially when it's LA or SKC are the other options. Like, I don't want either of those teams to ever win another trophy. Okay. Uh, is there anything else from Colorado that we missed? Um, Colorado scored pretty much a lame goal. Um some fans were saying that Reagan was fouled by Rubio. Did you have any thoughts on that play? To me, um, I thought it was, I I thought it was just fair play by by Rubio. I mean, it's just something that I I I I prefer that they play on. Um, any any thoughts on that play? Yeah, you know, I mean, it's it could have been called, um, but you know, it's just one of those things you just that's called like fifty percent of the time. Right. You have to take it as a bad bounce. You know, the Sounders had some chances he Jordan Morris done, with an yeah. open goal that he didn't quite hit the ball hard enough into. Um, you know, it just sort of, you know, felt like the Sounders, you know, didn't get the bounces, didn't, you know, didn't read the flight of the ball well as well as they needed to, uh, you know, tired six, after a lot of other games and, again, uh, six, you know, left the points on the table. I mean, six points, six points out of nine in a week. Um, is still is still a major accomplishment. Um, there's a reason why many teams, um, why when the Sounders won uh, uh, the three games in a week, um, when they beat Portland and then uh, Dallas and then Columbus, when they beat those teams, three 
really strong teams last year. Um, all with those games on the road. Um, there's a reason why um, uh, that has not been done many times in MLS because that is very hard to accomplish, especially in a league like MLS where on any given day, any team can beat any team. Yep. Um, uh, moving on. Um, so in this, in this time, um, uh, in, in this time that we've uh, been away um, from the show um, uh, and uh, any thoughts uh, on the, on uh, teams that are surprising you um, in the Western Conference or, or the Eastern Conference? I mean, I already mentioned SKC. They're in last place. Um, we're going to get to play them um, pretty soon. Um, Sounders' next game is against Vancouver um, on the 14th. Then we play um, LAFC um, as part of this um, home stand. Um, right now, the Sounders are in 10th place. We have 16 points. Um, we've played 12 games. Um, Colorado, Minnesota, and Houston are uh, right in front of us. They have all played 14 games, and they only have two points more than us. So if we right. win... The Sounders would be in seventh place if you're looking yeah. at points per game. But if we, and, but if we win... And... It, Really, if we win our next two games, if we make up our two games in hand, um, then we would we would also be past um, Nashville, and we don't and we don't need would be one point behind the Galaxy. Um, the Galaxy have uh, twenty three points in fourteen games. Nashville has twenty two in fourteen games. So the Sounders. Um, Right, with two again, wins can get yeah. up tied with Nashville at twenty-two. Yeah. Uh, again, I've, I've never really, I've never felt worried this season because I mean, we're the uh, we're the Seattle Sounders. Um, we're gonna make the play. We we make the playoffs every year. Um, I don't think anyone is ever was ever really doubting that, um, and especially with these games in hands and how everyone else around us has been struggling um, as well. Um, the door is wide open to move up the table. Um, but uh, for this next game, um, after the international break against Vancouver, um, this game was rescheduled. Um, uh, it was originally going to be earlier because of the, uh, because of CCL. Um, uh, thoughts on, on uh, Vancouver. Vancouver on the road this year has been um, pretty terrible. They are one in six on the road. Uh, so any, any thoughts on uh, Vancouver? Yeah. You know, they've been, they've been getting a little better than they had been, you know, one, three of their last five. Um, how much do you think you know, Andy Rose, not a good team. How much do you think Andy Rose um, um, would be able to tell, to tell the Sounders um, uh, as he was just playing for the defense for their defense last year? Do you think that helps? Do you think that helps? Do you think he brings secrets for this game? Uh oh, you're saying Andy Rose is now is now coaching for the Sounders? Yeah, yeah, he's now one of our he's an assistant coach. You know that. Okay. Um, I mean again, I think the you know, the Sounders and the Whitecaps know plenty about each other. Um, I don't think there are a whole a whole lot of secrets here. Uh Debney, so the 
definitely looking forward to some Tuesday night football. Um, uh, definitely nice uh, that we get this game after a break and we didn't have to play this game um, on a weekend when we were, when we probably would have, I would think that um, this game will go differently than it would have gone because we would have probably played a second team. And this time we will play a first team since really everyone should be available um, uh, for selection um, uh, with the game on Tuesday and the game on Saturday. Do you think that's still true? Or do you think, uh, do you think the Sounders will make any changes um, with LAFC currently in first coming in on Saturday? Um, yeah, so I guess we'll, you know, we'll see how the, I could imagine for that Tuesday game, some of the players coming back from international duty may or may not be fully ready. Um, so you may see some rotation for that Whitecaps game. And I'm guessing we'll see the full strength team ready for LA. So the U.S. team plays on Sunday, plays that Sunday in the Nations League. Such a stupid competition. Um, uh, against uh, Granada. Um, so um, hard to hopefully Christian Rodon and, and Morris get 10 minutes. I think that's a pretty safe bet. Um, uh, uh, Ariaga also going away with the national team. Um, some other players, um, Reed Baker Whiting, he's with one of the youth national teams. Um, uh, so yeah, we definitely could see, I could believe uh, that we could see Reagan um, start this game um, with our Ariaga coming back. Um, that seems likely. Um, um, I'm guessing it, the lineup will be pretty similar because, um, I mean, with this break, um, people should will be rested. And, like, we have four days in between. So I'm thinking it will be pretty much a starting lineup, um, which is good. Um, going off of what Smetzer has said, um, I mean, they'll look at – they'll listen to the doctors and the doctors will say – will figure out if – if uh, and Spencer will figure out if the players have earned the right to start multiple games in the week. They'll do whatever is best for the players' fitness. Um, but I would think that we'll play pretty strong lineups for both games. And if not, then we'll see a stronger lineup for the game against LAFC. Uh, maybe maybe we're brewing we'll get a start we'll, we'll have to we'll have to see what happens uh do you have a score prediction for the game against vancouver um i'll go for two zero sounders for that you know a team that we really should beat yeah let's hope the sounders can take care of business at home yeah and i think just i think it is very important that we get another that we get a shutout in this game obviously we got we ought to shut out against houston um but uh, last two home games have not kept a shutout. Um, and hopefully we can score. We can be the only ones who score in the first half. Um, um, I would definitely uh, hope to see that. I'm going to say 3-0 Sounders. I think um, Rusnak will score. Um, I think uh, um, uh, who's going to score. I'm going to keep uh, – Keep that up. And then I'm going to say Will Bruin's going to score. Um, Will Bruin comes in off the bench. I don't think Will Bruin will start, but I think he will get a goal in this game. Um, hopefully we get to see the Dancing Bear um, celebrating um, against Vancouver. 
And then the Sounders will play LAFC. LAFC currently in first. I would say that their schedule hasn't, uh, their schedule is only now starting to heat up. Um, uh, they beat, uh, they will, their last game was against San Jose. They beat San Jose three to two. Um, they didn't look um, very dominant. Um, uh, obviously, recently, uh, uh, right before that, they lost uh, in uh, in an El Trafico U.S. Open Cup meeting um, because uh, whenever they go to Dignity Health Sporting Park, they always lose. LA has their uh, the Galaxy have their number. Um, what are your thoughts going into th- into the first meeting of Sounders and LAFC uh, this season? Well, you know, I think LAFC, you know, doesn't uh, doesn't fully deserve their, you know, their points per game number, um, and I hope Sounders will help bring them back to earth. Um, I guess you know, one question is, will Carlos Vela be fully recovered from his quad injury by by then, most likely? Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, obviously uh, 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 a big game on the calendar and one that, you know, I'm sure that. Um, you know, ABC and ESPN will be hyping up as it as it comes there, and uh, the national commentators will be quite excited about it. Yeah, I'm definitely not looking forward to um, uh, hearing uh, the national commentators. Uh, um, Good thing um, you will likely be at the stadium where you will not be able to hear them. It's true. Um, uh, definitely the LFC bias uh, will definitely be on display um, uh, during that game. Um, what What is your score prediction for the game against LFC? I'm going to say 2-1 Sounders. I'm uh, just, yeah. With yeah, goals from Morris score? and Rui Diaz. I'm going to say 1-0 Sounders uh, with a goal from Ladero. Okay. Um, so uh, that one should be nail bi- nail biting. I'm guessing. Um, I know. I can see that those games can get feisty. I can see him getting out of hand. Hopefully, we'll have nice weather for both of these games. Um, to, after both the last games have been in the rain, but um, how important do you think it really is for the Sounders to pick up points right now? Like, like what do you think is in this five-game homestand, after beating Charlotte, it's Vancouver LAFC, SKC, and Montreal. SKC is in last place. Vancouver is in is in twelfth place. Montreal is doing pretty well in the Eastern Conference. They're in third place. Uh, you know, four you, games. The, how many point? How many points should the Sounders get? Um, the secret to success to be successful. At, the secret to success in in soccer is winning your home games. Um, so, you know, I think anything less than, than nine or 10 points is a failure. Um, and anything less than 12 points is disappointing. I agree. Um, I would say, yeah. Um, uh, I'm not that I'm going to be worried that we're making that, that we're not going to make the playoffs if we only get nine points from these games, but, uh, it's definitely, but uh, it will be a little troublesome if we get less than nine points. Um, 
I would say then we have some issue. Then we probably have some issue that could that uh, might need. Well, to again, be it's a it's a long season. The ball will bounce funny. Um, well, I mean, after these you know. four games, we're getting close to when the transfer window opens up. So with these four games, I think you could see um, if there's one problem that is uh, showing up in all the games, maybe it's time that we look uh, for another option um, in wherever that arises. I don't know where that's where that where what's going to arise in on. I mean, uh, knock on wood. Hopefully, nothing nothing goes wrong and everyone stays healthy. Um, um, but uh, I, yeah, I think this is this is a, a, a something that I think uh, we can really judge the Sounder season on um, is how we perform. And that, um, this is when we got to show the league um, we got a backup saying we've been focused. We were focusing on CCL. Now, especially since we're out of U.S. Open Cup, we gotta put, we gotta, we gotta show that we are the greatest team in MLS. Um, so, a huge stretch coming for from uh, coming for the Sounders um, in the future. Uh, in this period, we uh, we saw one Sounder uh, leave leave the club. Um, uh, Jordi Delem moved on to a lower division team. Um, any thoughts on, on that, on Jordi Delem moving on? No, I mean, you know, again, obviously Sounders have so much depth that, um, you know, we're seeding the league with former Sounders who are going mm -hmm. off and, and doing good things. Were you sad? Were you sad at all? I mean, I mean, obviously we have tons of players available who can play what Jordi Delem uh, plays with with now we have Vargas and Atencio and Leva and uh, Baker Whiting and um, Double Air, um, younger guys who are getting more minutes than Delem. So it's it was pretty inevitable and inevitable, I would say. Uh, and uh, anything else? Nope. Um, okay. Uh, as we look at uh, the world of soccer, uh, also. Some news up uh, relating to the national team as uh, the U.S. are still waiting to find out who's going to be the fourth team in their group at the 2022 FIFA World Cup. But now one of those, one of the teams it won't be uh, has been determined as Scotland lost to Ukraine. Um, and now Ukraine will play uh, this Sunday uh, on ESPN2 against Wales, the winner gets placed in Group B for the we're at the World Cup. Uh, what are your thoughts on on this result? Um, the game was in Scotland. Um, I would probably say that Ukraine that Ukraine was um, most people going in. I think people would say Ukraine was the better team. However, Ukraine hasn't really hasn't played um together um uh, and a lot of the players haven't been able to play because of what's going on uh in ukraine right now right i mean obviously uh uh you know a very emotional story uh you know big big deal for that team as a symbol of the struggle of their country um you know it'll be an exciting game on 
on Sunday. Exciting to see who joins um, England and the U.S. in our World Cup group. Um, and yeah, you know, hard to root against the Ukrainians at the moment, even though uh, on paper probably Wales the stronger team. Yeah, it um, it definitely feels like I, I don't. It, it's it's tough because like um, it feels like. Scotland was sort of in a lose-lose situation because, like, it's hard mentally when um, the other team has been negative, negatively affected by something outside of the game. So it's like, it's sort of a lose-lose situation. You lose, you don't get to go to the World Cup. But if you win, then you're also depriving a country that's already going through like one of the worst possible situations. So like um, that does affect players mentally. And I think um, on the other side of that, like Ukraine um, knows that the whole world is watching and like, they know that they want to impress and be at the, and be on the world stage. So like, like this, I mean, like while soccer is separate from world events, like it definitely affects a player's mentality. Do you, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah. You know, so many things outside the game, you know, are in players' minds as they, um, you know, as they take mm -hmm. the field. And to some extent you have to get that out of your head. And to some extent that, you know, those things are what uh, motivates you. And it's, you know, combination of all of these things. Uh so uh if you had to what's your what's your prediction who's who's going to be joining group B Wales or Ukraine Um you know hard to root against Ukraine um hard to to uh to bet against Gareth Bale I think um, every definitely every neutral is rooting for Ukraine for Ukraine um I don't think at, at, I feel like any non soccer the people who will watch the World Cup who aren't soccer fans, right now they're not paying attention to, um, I would say, they're, if Ukraine makes the World Cup. But if Ukraine does make the World Cup, um, it will be so huge of a story, um, especially, and not only just because they're there, like them being there would already be huge, but the fact that they have to play the U.S. Um, will be um a huge story of the world cup um so i sort of want to see that unfold um and i and i think it will be more interesting and part and then also from a u.s perspective ukraine's a worse team than wales is so uh i think the u.s should be rooting for ukraine um do i think that's gonna happen i'm gonna say no I'm going to say Wales is going through. What about you? Yeah. You know, I don't know enough to have an opinion, but we'll see how it all goes. You, no, you got to pick. I'm taking Wales. Who are you taking? Okay, I'll go for Ukraine then. Okay. I hope you're right. We'll see what happens. Uh, that is on Sunday. Um, uh, we'll be at the, uh, at, uh, uh, at the Baller at the FC Ballard game. Um, uh, but uh, keeping a close eye on who will be joining the U.S. in Group B. Uh, 
think we've pretty much covered everything. Um, oh, we did want to give uh, a uh, it finally happened. Um, uh, the U.S. Uh, U.S. Soccer has agreed to play them to to pay the men's and women's teams equally. It was about time. Anything you want to anything you want to say? I mean, this is just completely justified. Um, and it I don't know that, I, yeah, I mean, I really don't know that it's completely justified. But, you know, the men it, just haven't played nearly as well. And so <laughs> you know, why, why they think they deserve to get paid what the multi-time world champions are getting paid to be on the national team. I don't know, it's, you know it's but very true. You know, it's you do what true. you can and it's a nice um, gesture for them. Yes. Yes. Um, congratulations, um, to the women's national team, um, they definitely, definitely deserve this. Um, a lot more than the men. Um, I think I have to give a, a shout out uh, quickly to the Tacoma, to the uh, Tacoma Defiance, who have been playing very well so far in um, in uh, uh, MOS Next Pro. Who knew that uh, all they needed was uh, MOS to really just create a whole second division and completely leave USL because um, uh, it's fun to see our, our second team finally doing well. They're in third place. Hopefully that will continue um, uh, for them in MLS next pro uh, continuing to show that our Academy is one of the elite academies in the U S well, I think that's going to do it. For this episode of Scarves Up, Dave Mamoudis, it was great having you. Glad to be here. And uh, we just wanted to say again, hopefully everyone is staying safe. Stay safe, stay healthy, wear your mask, pray for Ukraine, uh, fight against the gun violence, fight for gun control. But until then, um, we're going to keep watching soccer. We're going to keep cheering on the Sounders, and we are going to keep our scars up. <laughs> <laughs>